Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be with all of you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, the weekend is approaching, which is always a great feeling and huge relief. Uh, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my co-hosts, my audience, my sponsors, and guests. You guys are absolutely incredible. The show just keeps getting better and better. We're listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people be doing their own shows on the network. And as time gets closer, I will be announcing much more about the details. Um, huge show tonight. We have so much to get into. We have so many guests coming on tonight. Uh, we have Raynard Jackson coming on tonight, very popular guy. Uh, Urban Brookstein is coming on. Uh, we have Samuel Tully coming on. We also have a, a very special investigator out of Massachusetts. Um, he prefers to go by an alias for, for safety reasons, but he's dealt with some of the biggest crimes and investigations uh, that we've ever seen. I mean, some of the things he's ever he's dealt with are absolutely amazing. Like it's mind blowing, and uh, I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, I do want to welcome on the line, uh, businessman, Twitter activist, political strategist. Uh, no wait, sorry, businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist Bill Lambert. Bill, how are you? Doing good. How are you, Rory? Good man. Good to have you here. Uh, I also have the, on the line lead, the leader of College Repu- no the, the founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United. Kevin Dukiper, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hope you are too, Rory. Great show coming up. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so guys, I want to I want to get into the opening story, which obviously has been bothering a lot of people. And actually, before I do that, I do want to say, like I do every episode, um, we, ha- we have uh, things that we didn't get to the other night that I will get to tonight, by the way. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that because I had some messages on Twitter, people asking me why I didn't get to certain things the other night. Um, but, but anyways, getting into this opening story, this, this, this Alabama abortion uh, Bill, you know, it, it's causing so much hysteria, so much unnecessary drama, so much hostility from the left. I mean, these people are nuts. These people are out of control. And they are so entitled. And, and, and they're, they're just, they, they are monsters. These people are sick. You know, they're always marching around. Uh, complaining and, and crying uh, about saving innocent lives with gun violence, but they do the complete opposite with with babies. It, it's so it's so it's so contradicting. Like it like what they stand for makes no sense at all, and they want to say, oh, it's a woman's choice. It's a woman's choice. Oh, the woman the woman has a right. Yeah, what, six weeks. What's the problem, people? Alabama gives people six weeks until there's a heartbeat. And when there's a heartbeat and you still want to get an abortion, 
and you haven't made up your goddamn mind after six weeks, that's your own fault. There is nothing inhumane about this. The inhumane part is going around and killing babies and getting abortions as you freely as you freely please. You know, it's very easy for somebody that's currently alive to talk about how much they're a fan of abortion. It's the ones that aren't alive yet that, ha- are, you know, have to go through this terrible tragedy. You know, it is, the, it is the most, one of the most selfish things I've ever seen, people getting abortions after six weeks. After there's a heartbeat and, and you still go out there and do that, absolutely disgraceful. Let, let, let's not forget, make, make no mistake, Planned Parenthood and these organizations are out there to kill babies. They're out there to kill uh, look at the black. Look at the black community. Look how. Look at how. Like seventy, seventy percent or something uh, gets abortions. Like that is insane. It's a high number. It's somewhere around there, but it's ridiculous. And you have all, all of these these uh, politicians on the left trying to say, oh, this go this goes against the Constitution. This goes against. What America stands for. This, this is not right. What if the woman gets raped? Well, if the woman gets raped, she has six weeks, up to six weeks. What's the problem here? You don't need longer than six weeks to make a damn decision. And if you do, you've got problems. You have problems, serious problems. You know, and this should, and I've been saying this from day one, taxpayers should not be responsible you know, these women say, oh, I should be responsible for my body. Yeah, you, you, you sure as hell should be. That's why you should pay for it. Taxpayers should not be responsible for the bill. I know we are in a lot of ways, and it's unfortunate and it sucks. But if you, if you really look at this and what America is built off of, it's about taking care of yourself and, and pay, you know, paying your own way, not mooching off others for, for, your, for your health. It, it's ridiculous how this is even a conversation after six weeks. It really proves the, the character of the left, though, because they act so pompous, they act so arrogant, they act so fucking stupid. I mean, these people are so, they, they are the epitome of ignorance. And if you lose, you know, every time you win a conversation with them, you know, it, it's, it's like you're hateful. You don't believe in women's rights. You, you, you know, who are you to talk about what a woman should do with her baby? Well, how, how about, hmm, I have an idea. How about people be more responsible with their sex lives? How about more people put on a rubber? How about, how about more people uh, know the, the proper education of sex, of sex ed? Like, take responsibility seriously. And I'm seeing over and over uh, these, these monster feminists who are the, just the smelliest, the grossest, the most repulsive creatures to walk the face of the earth. And you know why, why they're feminists, right? Because they need to seek validation to cover up all their insecurities. They, that, that's why they march. That's why they get their fat asses out there and march. They, they, need, they need attention. And just like when you hear, you know, somebody, they're going to, go on set, they're going to go on a sex strike. Believe me, nobody wants to bang you anyway. Don't flatter yourself. Believe me. 
You know, it, 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 it's, it's absolutely disgraceful what, what we're dealing with right now. And people can just go out there and be reckless with their sex lives and then say, oh, I'm going to go have an abortion. And there's people that go do it five, six times. And I'm like, what? I just, I am so angry about this. And for anybody on the left to try to tell me otherwise, who the hell are you and how dare you? You don't know facts and you don't have your shit straight. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Well, now they're making it to where, you know, it's racist to, you know, to, I don't even understand their argument there now where it's racist if, if you don't allow abortions when primarily most of the children that are aborted are black, but it, it's yeah. inclusive yeah. if you allow abortion. I mean, how, I don't even know how do you get to that point where, the, the, you know, there, I guess there's some certain circumstances that are extreme, but the, it's like you said, it, it, you know, women need to, and, and men both need to, you know, have, a, I didn't have children, you know, when I was, a, a, you know, 15, 16, 20, you know what I mean? I didn't, it's called, you know, abstinence and being, being careful and contraceptive, but they use this as a birth control now. It, that's what abortion has become. It's nothing more than birth control. And that that's that's not moral, and it, it you know that, that's where the this thing's got to come to some point in the the Supreme Court that's a, that that can't have this all encompassing you know from the time it's conceived until you know thirty seconds while it's still breathing, you know we're going to consult the doctor and and it's just you know there's there's it's there's extremes on both sides and there's got to be some. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, none of us are philosophers, so we don't have the answers to those things. But the way it is now, where it's unencumbered, and and now they're wanting to talk about gender and and race, and you know, if it has deformities or if it has mental problems, or you know, if they know all these things while it's in the womb, how is that not a human being? How can you say it's, you know, it's Hispanic and then claim it's not human? How, I mean. How do you make that? You know what I mean. So you, you can't have that. No, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Oh yes, Rory, you have absolutely every reason to be mad at this leftist hysteria, and you're right on all your points. I mean, I I say that with the Alabama Human Life Protection Act is it does everything that we'd want it to do. I mean, I love every aspect of it, and Alabama itself is shining as a a beacon for just guiding the way and promoting these traditional values, these, I mean, founding values of even our country. I mean, we want to protect life. We want to protect the, the unborn children because they really have, especially if they have a heartbeat and, you know, they have brain activity and these are actual people that their lives need to be protected within the womb. And so it really upsets me that uh, the left are so absolutely um, hysterical. I mean, they, it almost seems like they're desperate. They they just really want to be able to terminate actual fetuses. I mean, it's it's, it's terrible. So, and it's not just the left that notice. I mean, we even have a problem with the uh, our Republican leaders at the federal level. I mean, you see like McCarthy mm-hmm. or McConnell. They're saying this is you know this is extreme. We shouldn't do this. This is bad. Um, but they're saying like let's let's not uh, challenge in any way this Roe v. Wade decision. Um, and I, I think just the opposite. It's like we finally have a chance to challenge. We have a chance to challenge Roe v. Wade. I mean, and I consider, and I'm sure most of the right wing considers Roe v. Wade to be unconstitutional. It's the case with the Tenth Amendment of our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, that all the powers not delegated to 
the constitution of the, the federal government is reserved to the states. The states need to be able to legislate what's best for their sovereign state. And I would say that there's not really much of anything of substance much, much anymore that's being legislated at the state level. I mean, we have all these Supreme Court decisions that just decide mm-hmm. what the entire country is doing at the federal level. Um, and so each state has to abide by it. So what we're seeing, especially in this case, is you know, we see these large exoduses of like liberals. You know, you have this California, this New York, all these different like very liberal states. Uh, they're realizing how bad it is to live in these states because it's now run so Democrat. And so they're like, oh, maybe we will go to Texas or we will go to Alabama or these, all these different states. They want to they want to move to places and they have all the same liberal rights as they had in their, their other states. So it's, it's really problematic that, you know, these states that are supposed to be conservative are, are not conservative anymore. And that's strictly because of these Supreme Court decisions that are taking sovereign power away from our states and making it uh, all these states unable to to govern uh, on these traditional values that have founded our, our great, great uh, country, and especially these states. So uh, I would say to these uh, Republican leaders, I mean, not just like at the federal level, I've mean, even been talking with uh, local conservative leaders, Tea Party leaders, and they're, they're honestly very scared um, in, in some way that the, because the left is so hysterical, they're, they're having such an mm. adverse reaction to all this is going on. They're like, Oh, you know, we need to pull back. We need to have more, um, you know, just let's just make it late-term abortions and let's, like, try to get more voters. Uh, they they want to concede their values. And I, I think that that's wrong and that's not what uh, we should stand for. We should stand for our values, promote our values, and educate people why they're the best policies. And I, I think we actually have a chance, a real chance, to say that uh, we have the power to, to challenge our issues in the Supreme Court now that we have. Uh, a Republican Supreme Court. So it's, it's this is such an important decision, and I'm, I'm very very happy with Alabama for everything that they're doing. Yeah, and you know, just just the type of people that you know are that get abortions. I mean, I've always thought abortions are such a slimy and and, and gross thing, and it, like it, it's you know, and the left tries to say, well, oh, it's not a human. It's not a human at six weeks. Yes, it is. It is a human. You guys are in denial. And what you brought up as well, Kevin, I thought was great, is the fact that uh, these liberal cities, yeah, these people in these cities are upset with, with the way that their city's going, but they still keep voting liberal. And it's just like, when are you guys going to figure it out? It's like my, 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 where I'm from, my city of Seattle, the city of Seattle, where I was born and raised, People don't like. I don't even recognize it. People don't even recognize it anymore because there's tents everywhere and there's needles and feces all over the street and downtown. Like this is what liberal policy does. All it is is destructive. There's nothing useful in, in liberal ideology, which is why liber, liberalism is a mental disorder. I mean, there there is no way around it. Uh, I do I do want to welcome to the show, uh, evangelist, motivate, motivational speaker activist and best-selling author, Samuel Tully. Samuel, how are you, buddy? Welcome back. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing well, Can man. We're just talking about the Alabama thing, the uh, the bill that passed yesterday, and all the feminists and the left are making a big deal and hostile over it. I mean, these people are evil. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I just I, – I think I had a Facebook post earlier – 
where I was reading where they were talking about this was like a crime against black people. And I'm saying that black women make like 6.5% of the population and account for over 35% of the abortions. Uh, if anything, that bill says black lives matter. And and the fact of it is, uh, these people are saying that it's not a human being, but then again, you can, or, or for example, that New York City law now where if you kill a woman who's pregnant, you can only uh, uh, <clears throat> convict her for killing uh, the woman, not the baby within the woman. But then uh, if a person decides they want to have a baby, it's a baby, but then if they don't want to have it, it's, it's the woman's body. It's like they want us to uh, simultaneously uh, believe one thing and then, you know, contract or, or shall I say the law of non-contradiction. You know, A can't be A and B at the same time. But but either it's a baby or it's not. And, you know, in our Declaration of Independence, it says that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. Well, the creator is God. And what's being informed in the woman's uh, inners is, is his creation, which it says in Psalms uh, 139 and 13 that he knit us together in the womb. So, you, you know, they can't have it both ways, but see, in respect to Seattle and Los Angeles and a lot of these other places, I think the populace, by and large, is 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 maybe mentally ill. But those folks at the top know what they're doing because as long as they can keep a bunch of people dependent on them and subservient, then they will stay at the top. Just like all those politicians in Washington send all their kids to private schools when they won't allow us to have vouchers to send our kids where we want to send them. So they want this lower chain of subservient people that are always dependent on them. And then they can just go ahead and act like they know what they're doing and act like they're taking care of people when they're only perpetuating the same mess that we have to deal with every day now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it really is, you know, something that needs to be a, needs to be uh, implemented uh, you know, everywhere. What Alabama did, we need to have that everywhere. And the goal should be to overturn Roe versus Wade. Because, I mean, let's face it, it's not – it really – if you really look at it, it's not constitutional. I don't care what anybody says. It's not. It really isn't. Well, the problem think? that we have is Republican politicians are weak, neat, and wimpy. I'll give the Democrats credit for the fact that it's misguided – as they are, they will stand up for what they believe. Where we have a bunch yep. of wimpy Republicans that are, that they quiver and shake and worry about what they think people think instead of doing the right thing. If they do the right thing, then the right people right. will follow. Yeah, yeah, and, and then that's that's what that's really what has to happen. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, you have to get back to the foundations of morality, and you have to do the right things, and you have to conduct yourself as a, a responsible moral adult. That, and that's where that's why there's such an attack on religions now, because that that eliminates that moral boundary that that kind of holds you in check. And that's and if we don't do that as a society. They're always going to attack the children because that's the weakest way to do it. And what's the weakest child on earth is the unborn child because they're they're uh, uh, always in the, you know dependent on on the mother themselves, and uh, they they don't want to give men any say in that. 
And, you know, I don't care what, there's no woman on earth that can have a child by herself. It takes a guy. I don't care if you go to a sperm bank or, or if it's done the old, you know, old-fashioned way or whatever. It takes a man. And, and he should be given the same right. And there should be a process to go through. And, but if we don't, you know, and that's where this moral breakdown, do what you want, be whatever gender you want, say whatever you want, you know, attack people if you want, if it hurts your feelings or you decide that you're going to destroy them or, and, and everything is okay. Well, everything's not okay. There are, there are boundaries and things that you don't do in life. And, and if we keep going with a society that, that keeps accepting of, of inadequacy and underachievement and, and handouts and, and not fulfilling your purpose as a human being and, and getting back to your normal gender roles. That was part of, you know, you have to get back and, and a, a woman needs to, to be a woman and a man needs to be a man. Yes, they're, they're equal in, in things, but they, they, they complement each other and they bring different things and different ways of thinking and different processes and so it, it's, a, but, and that's, and that's what's frustrating about with policies and all these other things is, is we all, you know, we, well, we do this and we got diversity that, and we have this coalition that's going to help this minority and these are going to help this, but you're, it's, it's kind of like Islam. You're not attacking the, the problem. You're only attacking the symptoms and you, you still got the disease. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things. Um, I am going to take a quick commercial, everybody. Actually, uh, I do have a few minutes before I take a commercial. But, you know, I, I will say that the fact that we have, and I've talked about this on my show many times before, the left trying to change all, all of what our, our country stands for. I mean, you look at them trying to erase Christianity, them saying how offensive Christianity is, them enabling stuff like Islam – and you have them, you know, trying to remove Chick-fil-A restaurants over Christian ideology. You see the statue stuff, the abortion thing. It all, it all goes together. All their, their idiocy, it, it ties together. I mean, they're, they're always bitching about something. It's always something. It's like we can't ever win with these people. They are so far gone. It's like I, I don't even – I I just have a hard time understanding uh, the, the way they think, and it's sad because these people are like the devil, and they're the most arrogant, you know, morons, uh, you know, in existence. I mean, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about, and they try to act arrogant when they have nothing to be arrogant about. It's like I don't know what I don't know what needs to happen. Does Trump need to cure cancer? I mean, what 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 needs to happen for them for more for more people on the left to see their to open their eyes? Sadly, I think I think they're too far gone to do that. But I guess you never know. I mean, Samuel, what's your thoughts? Um, <laughs> I think well, I I, I I think Barr needs to do his job and do it effectively and do it in a way that the mainstream media. Is going to not have any choice except for to say that yeah, just like I was hearing today that they have more uncovered more information on um, the the Democrats uh, working with 
Ukrainians and whatnot trying to put stuff on Trump. I mean, the more they, oh, yeah. the more it's coming out. Yeah, and it's, I, it's it's I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, many of these people, they're you know, I've run across so many liberals that are just locked into what they're told. You know, they they yeah. just believe what they're told. They don't do any um, thinking on their own. But if 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 things if uh, if they can just demonstrate to them that look, this is it. These folks were crooked from day one. Some of these people may wake up. And if the and, and if, like I said, if the party, the people that supposedly lead this party, really just take a stand. I mean, take a stand even if you lose, but take a stand and be solid. Because if you take a stand, people will they will at least respect you. I mean, I have many liberal friends that do not agree with me, but they respect me because they know that I take a stand and I don't equivocate and I don't quibble, I don't wobble. So we need to be firm. We, it shouldn't just be left up to folks like us to say that. And uh, when you mention Christianity, you got these wishy-washy pastors out there too. They need to yeah. take a stand. Either they're going to support the Bible or they need to get out of the pulpit. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. And you know, it's um, it's one of those things where uh, this country this country needs to uh, really really uh, be careful and watch what they're doing with. You know the people on the left, and I'm not talking about us, but the, I mean, the, with what they're doing, I mean, it just gets more and more out of hand uh, on a daily basis. Like I'm hearing constantly about more and more ridiculous things. Uh, we will take a quick commercial, and uh, we will be right back, everybody. Uh, stay tuned. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the South? Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country for savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past shows, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be announcing the many notable names that will be doing their own shows on the network. Very excited to share that with you. I do want to welcome... Uh, our very our very special guest tonight, uh, political consultant, lobbyist, activist, and founder ch- and chairman of Black Americans for a Better Future, uh, Raynard Jackson. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Rory. Been looking forward to it. Absolutely, sir. And uh, since it's your first time on the show, uh, like I do with all my guests, 
I always like to ask, you know, how it all started for you, you know, the different chapters, the different accomplishments, your career, all that good stuff. Because I know you've been doing a lot of stuff in D.C. for, for quite some time. Yeah, well, when I graduated from Oral Roberts University, Rory, and literally vice president and and uh, former vice, former president George W. Bush, Bush 41, he literally plucked me out of obscurity in St. Louis politics, and that's why I'm in D.C. to this day. And so I work with people like John Ashcroft, Kit Bond, Jack Danforth, Rory Blunt, in Missouri politics for years and years before I got the tap on the shoulder from the vice president. And that's how I got my started up here in uh, DC politics. Wow. So, so Bush senior gave you your start pretty much. Yes. Yes. Because Rory, if you know anything about St. Louis, if you're black, you're Democrat, there's no multiple choice. There's no if, and, and, buts. it's just the way it is. So, What's funny is I didn't realize that what I now know to be conservative values, Rory, that's just the way I grew up back in St. Louis. And and, and so I just didn't know that's the label people put on it. But I've been conservative all my life. And, you know, the thing is, Rory, most blacks are conservative. I remember I used to do Rush Limbaugh's TV show back in the 90s, and he would always tell me, Jackson, there's a growing move of conservatism in the black community. I said, Rush, you're full of crap. Blacks have always been conservative. It's just that the conservative movement and the Republican Party has not made blacks feel welcomed in the party and the movement. That is the problem. The message is not the problem. It is how the party makes us feel that's the issue and when, please please explain when you just said a minute ago most most blacks are conservative is it just the fact that they don't they just don't know it they just don't know it enough yet well it, it's interesting Rory when you say conservative to most blacks what we hear is strong Thurman Jesse Helms a better term would be traditional values because when you say traditional in the black community we are transported back to our childhood where we used to sit on grandmother's lap and she used to tell us about the family history she used to tell us what's right and what's wrong and what's moral and what's not and so it's it it it's it's just knowing your audience and knowing how to effectively communicate with them now conservative and traditional basically are the same thing but one word is more appealing to the black community than the word conservative so again those are the nuances that the conservative movement rory is just totally tone deaf in and i think you probably have been around long enough to realize conservatives are horrible at messaging and communication yeah, I mean, I, I could I could agree with you there. I mean, there's don't get me wrong. There's been quite a few past leaders, that, and even just uh, you know, friends that goes with that goes you know with presidents, you know, people in Congress, senators. There's so many people in the Republican Party uh, that you know lacked many things that they could have done a lot more, especially with communication. And you know, it, it's it's really it's really unfortunate because we've seen how the Democratic Party for so long has kept blacks on the plantation. I mean, I, I've always said, and I'll say it again, 
what what the Democrats do with the black community today is no it's no different than slavery and plantation days, except it's just a obviously they don't have them on chains. It's a little more subtle than that, but it's the same ideology. It's the same sort of uh, sense of control. I mean, wouldn't you say that's fair? Yeah, here's the here's the thing, Rory. I keep telling as many conservative leaders who will listen to me. Groups like the NAACP, the Urban League, the Congressional Black Caucus, they represent their membership, but they don't represent the black community, Rory. And that's a that's a nuance that's night and day difference between the two. They represent their membership. But not the black community because most blacks are not members of the NAACP, the Irma League, or the Congressional Black Caucus. And if the conservative movement, Rory, would ever understand that distinction, that nuance, I mean, for example, I've been offering for over a year, Rory, any liberal who can prove to me and show me a photo of one illegal baby being snatched from that mother's arm, I will give them $10,000 in cash. I've been offering that for over a year. You know why I'm so confident in making that offer, Rory? It doesn't exist. It's a lie. It's a liberal lie perpetuated by the liberal media. And you know what? We conservatives have done a horrible job of pushing back. Have you ever heard anyone on national TV make that same argument, Rory, that the, show me a video or a photo of a kid being snatched from their mother's arm? It doesn't exist because it Never happened. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You're very, very well said. And you know, let, let's not. Let, you know, th- th- this is a really uh, scary fact, and and a thing that is really a problem in, in politics today on the left, especially. You have so many people from the black community that play identity politics, like with Obama. So many people voted for Obama just because he was black. They didn't, look, they didn't care to look at any of the policies. I mean, maybe some, some, people, some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. And the, the dangers of identity politics, and, and that goes with, you know, women that vote for, for a woman just because she's a woman. I mean, it's just it's, – it's not right. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with your point, Rory, but again, when I was at Oral Roberts University – I used to work for Oral and, and as one of his cameramen, and he would always tell me, Reynard, go into every man's world and meet them at the point of their need. When was the last time Pat Robertson, Jerry Farwell Jr., or people of that ilk, you know, have they ever gone into the black community and just sat and listened? They, they, when was the last time they've invited a black family over to their house for dinner. I mean, so again, if, if if we as conservative, Rory, if we truly believe that our message is the cure for liberalism, when are we going to take it to the marketplace of ideas? When? I know. I mean, it, you know, it's it, – and that, that's what I keep asking too, and that's what I keep wondering. When? I mean, when is it, when is it actually going to happen? And, you know, I, you know just – Going into this in a little detail, uh, in more detail, uh, in regards to the, the black community and, and in terms of um, the support for Trump, what, what would you say – I mean, obviously it's true that 
Trump has gotten more black support than any other Republican uh, in history, I think. I think he broke records. I mean, last, last I read a few months ago, I think I read he was at 38% with blacks. Uh, what, what do you – do you think it's more than that? Well, it, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. It, you can – it's undeniable, Rory, about the economic numbers that this president has gotten under the black community for the low unemployment rate, job participation rate, et cetera. Et cetera. Lowest ever for the, the black community. Yes, yes, no question. That's indisputable, despite the liberal media. But the problem I'm having, Rory, is the president and this White House and the party and the conservative movement do not have credible black surrogates all across the country, radio, TV, newspaper, to reinforce not only what the president is saying, but what he's done relative to the black community. And so you have the liberals all over TV, constantly perpetuating lies, and a lie that's repeated enough, Rory, becomes the truth. We need, again, it goes back to this horrible communication skills that conservative and Republicans have. We have got to have surrogates out there every day beating the same drum, talking about the good economic news under this president and what the conservatives are pushing through Congress. And if we don't do that, Rory, we can have the cure for cancer and we can watch people continue to die of cancer because we do not know how to tell folks. I have the solution here. Here is the solution. Here is where you get it. That's what we're deficient in, Rory. And this White House has a, a White House comp staff that has not been effective in getting that message out. Yeah, yeah. Are you now? Are you involved with uh, Blexit, the, the Black Exit, Candace, the thing Candace Owens is doing, and uh, all the all these different organizations? Are you are you involved with with any of them? No, I'm not involved with that because, again, uh, Rory, I believe in doing just substantive things. And, again, okay, so you get people to leave the Democratic Party and to do what and to go where. The conservative movement, Rory, is not prepared. There's no infrastructure in place to receive those who are fed up with liberalism and the Democratic Party. Okay, where are you going to take them? The RNC is not doing anything. The White House is not doing anything. So you get people excited to go nowhere. That's what I'm what, saying what, from my vantage point. What, what, what do you mean by that? You, you don't think that uh, – please explain. Just elaborate a little bit. Like what do you mean not going anywhere? What do you mean by that? Okay, so let's say out there in Arizona where you are, let's say 10 black people came up to you Rory, and said, hey, Rory, I listened to your show. I think you're doing a great job. I thought I was liberal for years, and then I realized that when I listen to what Republicans are saying, I have more in common with them than I do in the Democratic Party. Where can I go to get involved? There is no mechanism in place. Uh, I don't know about the state party there in Arizona, but I know on the national level, if you had a thousand black folks call the RNC tomorrow and say, hey, how can I get involved? They could not answer that question, and they could not pick up the phone and say, okay, you live in Ohio, you live in Georgia, you live in New York. We're going to put you in touch with the state party chair. They have opportunities for you to get involved at at the lowest to the highest level of your state party. That's that's the infrastructure I'm talking about, Rory, that doesn't exist. 
So in other words, the, the Republican Party isn't prepared and organized like the Democratic Party is in the sense that the Democrats have all these different black organizations like in all these different coalitions. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. You hit it right on the head. Right on the head. Yep. Yeah. And so to Good be God. honest with you, Roy, the last thing you want is to get someone excited and pumped up and then they're disappointed because there's no follow through, there's no next step. I much rather never have to engage with them than to engage with them and have them walk away disappointed because once you do that, Rory, you'll never get them back that second time. So what what are you what, what's the project you're working on right now to kind of shine the light and and get get this out uh, into the right audience and uh, you know uh, make a huge strong strong impact. Well, yeah. Well, if if your listeners Rory go to my website blackamericansforabrighterfuture.org, you will yeah. see we're having our seventh annual Black Republican Trailblazer Awards dinner, which normally we do in February for Black History Month, but we had to postpone it this year because of the government shutdown in February. This is and, and so. Along with the Trailblazer, we're doing our second annual Black Conservative Economic Summit. Rory, now, this is the largest gathering of minority conservative entrepreneurs in the country. And that's what our PAC focuses on, getting more minorities involved in the party with a focus strictly on the minority entrepreneur. And I tell you, if you deal with the entrepreneur first, uh, Rory, in the black community, the leaders in our community is not the preacher, it's the businessman, because if you look at the composition of the black community, the chairman of the deacon board and the chairman of the board of trustees in church is typically the black entrepreneur. So if you get the entrepreneur on your side, Rory, he will bring you the pastor who will bring you the congregation. And so this conference we're having next June 20th through 22nd here in D.C., is the largest gathering of minority conservative entrepreneurs in the country, and they go back to their respective communities and spread this word of conservatism, Rory. That is the best messenger this movement could ever have. Yeah, and and, uh, we were just talking uh, er earlier in the show about uh, the the abortion situation and how badly that has affected the black community. Um, and another thing that's badly affected the black community is, you know, I think it's like a little over 70% grow up, grow up without fathers. I mean, in, back, in the, back in the 60s, it was way down. I think it was at like 30%. But it's, yep. it's just yeah, yeah. the way the Democratic Party design. has taken over. It's crazy. That's by design. And, and let me give you – I did a column two months ago, Rory. Do you realize that – in New York City, according to, to their own Department of Health, so it's not from HHS on the federal level. This is from liberal New York City, liberal de Blasio's administration. There are more black babies born, I mean, aborted every year in New York than are born. Let me repeat that. In New York City, there are more black babies aborted annually than are born. That is astronomically and astronomical, and that's – I'm having a hard time getting my hand around that statistic, uh, Rory. That's unbelievable. 
it's it's insanity. It, it really is. And you know, I, I wanted I wanted to ask you. Um, you've worked you've worked with m- many big campaigns before. Who's some of the names you've worked with? You've done you've been in Washington for so long, and I was reading that you've done quite a bit for many campaigns. Yeah, be careful, Rory. Be careful. I'm I'm not that old now. You saying it so long, like I'm about one foot in the grave. Be careful now. Come no, out I don't mean like business. that. I mean you've been around <laughs> enough time to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just messing with. No, I work for campaign. Matter of fact, I worked Jeff Sessions' first Senate campaign in Alabama back <laughs> in '96, and uh, he was a great. At that point, he was I don't a good know what senator. What you, you know what's yeah. mind blowing? Yeah. He was a great senator, but when he became attorney general, he was a puppy. He was like a little, a, a little uh, pussy cat. Rory, I have never seen any person change that much from what their track record was previously. Then they get a promotion to a new position. I I didn't recognize who Jeff Sessions was as attorney general, as a senator. I would go to hell and back for him. As a attorney general, I would run from him like Hillary Clinton runs from the truth. Yeah, I mean, and, that, uh, it, it so, is. Yeah, so, yeah, so I've worked his campaign. I've worked uh, uh, John Ashcroft when he was governor and senator from Missouri. Uh, I've done Bob Riley's campaign and um, – Alabama when he first ran for governor and uh, Paul Coverdale in Georgia who died a few years ago great 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 senator and uh, I've worked with Chris Christie Christine Todd Whitman so I go across the spectrum John McCain I I did a lot of work for his presidential and so um, I've done a lot of work and one thing I tell people Rory is I've been black most of my life, so I pretty much know how to effectively put together a strategy to move the needle. For example, last September, I got a call from Ron DeSantis, who's a good friend. When he had won the nomination for governor of Florida, he asked me to come down and serve as his senior advisor, which I did. Before we went down there, Rory, we were polling 2% of the black vote. We ended up getting 14%. And that was his margin of victory. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That is, and we that can is take awesome. this all across the country, Rory. If, if we have more candidates like DeSantis who call someone like me and says, hey, tell me what you need to hit, get on the ground and to make things happen, I'll give you yeah. everything. You need me to show up somewhere. You set it up. I'm there with you. If you give me a candidate like DeSantis, Rory, I will get you a high double digits in, in the black community if you're serious about it. It's it it, it it's one of those things where I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it, it looks like there's there's many people in the black community that are waking up. Uh, let me ask you this, it, it, you know, because we see how many are coming to Trump's side. What what do you think Trump will get in 2020 with the African Americans? Do you think he could get 40 percent of the vote? Well, put it this way, Mitt Romney got six percent of the black vote in 2012. Trump got eight percent. We average on a presidential level nine percent, and that's without doing anything. If the president were to put together an effective communications team and strategy focusing on the black community, Rory, at a minimum, minimum, 
we can get 15% of the black vote, which will almost be double what he did last time. And let me tell you, mathematically, if a Republican presidential candidate gets anywhere near 15% or higher, mathematically, a Democrat cannot win the White House. It's mathematically impossible. So that's why I'm so vociferous about trying to wake up this administration and the RNC about the opportunity they have to really, really substantively engage with the black community and thereby guarantee Donald Trump's reelection. And I hope I can get these guys to listen to me. Well, yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely hear you. Absolutely. Um, I do want to, there's a couple people that want to ask some questions. Uh, Samuel, okay. go ahead, Sam. Call me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, I wasn't expecting that. But uh, what can you get done here in California? Well, I, listen, I, I think the same thing in California applies to anywhere else. If the state party in California would focus on the minority entrepreneur, that is the gateway into the black community, and they will bring you the pastor, and they will bring the pastor will bring you the congregation. But we have to start with economics and the entrepreneur. And if and I've offered several of your party leaders the opportunity to work with them and no one has taken me up on it. Hmm. Wow. So if you, if you got access to your state party leaders and they get serious about it, they know how to reach me or they can Google me and find out how to reach me. And I'm more than willing and ready to roll up my sleeves because California is just screwing over black folks big time. Yeah, I know that's a fact. That's definitely a fact. There's a, no, I don't have access to those people, but I definitely keep my eyes open. If there's any way that we uh, can uh, stimulate something in California. For sure. For sure. You Bill, in north or Bill, south, south, southern California? Well, I'm in southern California. Okay, down in the L.A. area, yeah. I tell you, I think northern, southern California is ripe for the picking in the black community because they are spending all their money, time, and energy on trying to give out benefits to illegals that totally ignore the black community. And if the state party there in California, Kevin McCarthy there in Southern California, Daryl Issa, uh, Duncan Hunter, if they would just engage with the black community, you will see a major shift among the black vote there in California. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Um, Bill, Bill, go ahead. Why do you think there's such a, a small translation in the support in, from the black community for Trump, given all the economic, you know, uh, uh, freedoms and, and advantage, or not advantages, but but the, all the help that he's made. I mean, with the unemployment the way it is and wages are going up and money into these communities that to, for starter businesses and all that, but it doesn't seem to translate over to a lot of support. And I don't, it's hard to understand. Okay, let me help you understand, Bill, because it's not that complicated. Let's assume at home, are you married at all, Bill? No, I'm not. 
Okay, uh, well, let's just say you got a, a good friend, and while you're at home with that friend, they constantly, you know, support you and care you and tell you, hey, you can do anything you want, and you believe that. But every time you go to school, Bill, you got a hundred people telling you, Bill, you're no good. You'll never amount to anything. So even though at home you get love reinforced with a lot of positive things, it's the same thing with the unemployment numbers and the economic numbers in the black community. Yes, Trump will get out there and quote the statistics that are undeniable, but yet then you turn on the radio, TV, newspaper, you have all these liberal folks saying. Trump is racist, conservatives are racist, they don't care about blacks, black this, black that. And so you got the truth on the one hand, but every for every time you one time you hear the truth, you got a hundred people in the liberal media saying the very opposite. So guess who people are gonna believe? They're gonna believe the message they hear the most of on a regular basis, even if that message is not based in truth. A lie that's repeated enough, Bill, becomes the truth. That's the problem. Does that make sense to you? Yes, sir. It does. I I can understand that a little bit better now. Yeah, and so yeah, we got a lot of good things to say. Uh, Okay, so anyways, the um, the the voting statistics show uh, that when Obama first ran for president, he had ninety eight percent of the the black vote, and then after. Uh, his his full term was over. He was going up for re-election. Uh, people actually knew a lot of what he stood for. Um, he still got 96% of, of the black vote. And so, I mean, we're still moving the, the totem pole over, I mean, moving it over to the Republican side because now we had Hillary Clinton, uh, the worst candidate in, in all of presidential history. She got 91% of the black vote. So do you believe that um, it's it, we're still, like, making a huge movements towards – this uh, the eighty five percent that you mentioned, and that uh, well, what do you think is like the number one hot button issue that would bring uh, these people over to the Republican Party? Entrepreneurship. I, I know I sound like a broken record on this show, but if we focus strictly on the black entrepreneur and get them engaged in policies like lower taxes. Uh, Most black entrepreneurs are totally against increasing the minimum wage. They are – they very well understand the onerous and negative impact of these onerous government regulations that are just nonsensical and it's a devastating impact on small businesses. So if you focus strictly – let's say – you only had to choose one issue that you can focus on relative to the black community that would give you the most bang for the buck, entrepreneurship. But also remember this, the entrepreneur has a vested interest in having a good school system. Why? If you if they're growing their business revenue, they're the ones going to have to hire people from the local community, and they need to make sure people can rewrite and do arithmetic. If they're the local businessman in the community, they have to be assured that when their employees are getting out of their car, walking into the office building, they're not going to be mugged by some criminal in the neighborhood. So they're very concerned about the crime rate. And so if you focus initially on the entrepreneur, school choice, education, vouchers, crime, insurance, government regulation, lower taxes, you get all that by focusing on the entrepreneur. But that's the, that's the gateway into the black community. 
Thank you for your insight. Thank you. Um, before before you go before you go, Raynard, uh, please tell us about your show, and uh, please also tell us about your company. Yes, my my consulting practice is Raynard Jackson and Associates LLC, and so we do political consulting, strategic communications. We represent a lot of professional athletes in the NBA, NFL, but also a lot of uh, singers in R and B. And then and we still do political consulting. And, and again, our event next month in June, if any people in your audience, uh, Rory, is interested, go to blackamericasforabetterfuture.org, and they can read about the itinerary June 20th through the 22nd here in D.C., the largest gathering of conservative minority entrepreneurs in the country, and it's going to be phenomenal. And uh, so people can reach me uh, through um, my website and uh, Twitter, Raynard1223, Facebook, Google, all that good stuff. And uh, this is how you move the needle, Rory, by, again, engaging with the black entrepreneur. They are the mm-hmm. best spokespeople you'll ever have to go back into that local community and talk about conservative values. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And please, uh, real quick uh, about your show, uh, tell everybody about your show. No, which show? Oh, I thought I thought you I thought you did a a show online. I thought I read somewhere that you were doing a, you did a show. No, I used to have a syndicated radio show. I gave that up, and um, so the, I do a weekly syndicated newspaper column that goes out two hundred newspapers every week. But no, so I've, I've given up my show. It was just taking so much time, but I enjoyed it. But who knows, Rory? I may get back in, in, into it again because I love being on your show, and and I miss being in the media like I used to. So I may very well get back into it. Well, sounds good, man, and, and I'll definitely get you back on the program here uh, soon. Please. And I uh, really, really thank you for coming on. It was great. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. You too, Rory, and call me anytime. I'd love to come back again. All right. Thank you, man. Definitely. We'll talk okay. soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. We will go to commercial real quick, everybody, and we will be right back. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. 
With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people that will be doing their own shows, and I will be announcing the details as it gets closer, which I'm very excited. Um, I do want to welcome to the show, we have on with us um, popular rate. Pop, wait, hold on a second. Uh, we have poet, popular radio show host, political activist, and best-selling author, uh, Irvin Brookstein. How are you, sir? How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you great. Welcome to the show. Your first time on the show. Uh, great to have yes. you here. Uh, like I do with all my guests when they first come on, I always like to ask about your backstory. I like to see how it all started. I like to, you know, all the all the accomplishments, what you've, you know, been through in life, how you got to to where you are, like all that fun stuff. Well, I'll be happy to do that. I, I do go by Ray, although my okay. given and name is what, Irvin, and all I of saw. my writing. Sure if that was what, I wasn't sure if Ray was your nickname or, or what, because I, then I found out your real name, so I wasn't sure. I'm sorry about that. That's quite all right. I actually go by Ray Ray when I write uh, my poetry, but Ray is good. Even my mom okay. calls me Ray, and she named me Irvin. Okay. <laughs> but um, but a backstory. Um, I grew up in New York in uh, in the fifties. Um, so you can do the math. I was born in the early fifties, and. Uh, kind of uh, excelled uh, in the early st stages of my life in athletics. 
Uh, and that continued right through uh, high school, uh, where I was uh, played lacrosse, soccer, and basketball. Even though I'm not a tall guy, love it. I, I love it. Love it. Love those sports. Well, uh, especially on Long Island, uh, like lacrosse was a, is kind of a niche sport. Um, oh yeah. And I've been oh, in a yeah. few places. I, I lived in Dallas. I lived in Denver. And I and but but Long Island was really the the place that got me going. And Where are you uh, it it I'm in uh, South Florida in North Miami Beach. So okay, I've spent so uh, part of my adult life in in Florida, but the early part of my life in uh, in New York, uh, I, I did go to the University of Pennsylvania. So I had a pretty good resume. Uh, uh, athletically and academically, I spent four years in Philadelphia, played collegiate lacrosse, and uh, after after that, um, got involved in the life insurance business. I, I spent close to 35 years in the life and the health insurance business. It was split. The early part of the career was in the life business and the Second half was in the health insurance business until Obamacare came along, which basically okay. put individual health lied, insurance out of business. You can doctor, you can keep your plan, screwed everybody over. <laughs> and, yes, it's really collapsed. Everything that was supposed to happen uh, for health insurance, uh, the cost, the deductibles, it was all nonsense, and it's it's really collapsed. But... Um, but I started to, believe it or not, I, I coached children for about 20 years, soccer particularly, and a little lacrosse, but mainly soccer. And when it came to each week, I used to put together a little newsletter. And it was really for the kids. I would deliver a message because I, I was pretty good at writing short essays. I'm not a great reader, believe it or not, but I do write uh, a lot of short essays, and then it moved into poetry. But the short essays were there for the children, and I would give them a message uh, about growing up or crying and, you know, different things. And the, the, the families loved it. And uh, I would always highlight the kids, you know, Johnny's done this and, you know, Billy's done this. And uh, it, it, it was the beginning of me expressing thoughts uh, through words. And, uh, you know, I didn't really do much writing because I was so involved in racing around selling life and health insurance. I also managed people. I've probably trained close to 500 insurance agents over my career. So teaching and training, and I really believe that a lot of what's going on today with children is is the lack of real good mentors. I, I always found that coaches and teachers were the models next to our parents. And um, so I carried a lot of that teaching philosophy and keeping things simple. Even my poetry today, uh, if you read it or you know, people read it. It's 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 short. It's compact. It's it's not Shakespeare. It's a lot more simplistic, and uh, it's very rhymy. And uh, I just comes to me, uh, you know, like it's uh, you know just turning on the faucet. It's very quick, 
very rapid right. and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's kind of like a routine. It's kind of like radio for me. I'm just so used to it. It just it just comes as a, a natural habit. Um, but you were you were so so after the life insurance, you you were talking about you you went into poetry, and now you now you have a new book out in regards to about uh, the president, correct? Yes. Well, what happened um, is I did a I wrote a book which was non political back in 2017, and um, that was my first self published book. It's about about 50, 55 poems, and they're really non-political. But as the political process unfolded in 2016, and the shock heard around the world, and you know what I'm talking about, on November oh, yeah. 8, 2016. And I said to myself, Best date, best day in political history. That date is the beginning of the hopefully the rebirth of our country because it was going really bad. And the thought of Hillary Clinton winning the white house was just overwhelming. Oh my God. Could you imagine? I can. I mean, I, I thank God every day, you know, that we had uh, someone like Donald Trump. Now growing up in New York, I was very familiar with Donald Trump. As well, an entrepreneur, correct me if I'm wrong, but help. as a New York resident, don't most people love him? They did until he ran for president. Exactly. And as soon as he ran for president, he was no longer the Donald Trump that was seen with Don King and, you know, Charles Rangel and, you know, even Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton. I mean, he was on both sides of the fence. And when he said during the campaign, that he knows these people. It was like so true. He knew their dirty laundry. I mean, look at what's going on between him and a Gerald Nadler. I mean, they've been Gee, fighting yeah. over real estate in New York for like 30 years. And it's like Nadler has just taken aim at the guy. Anyway. He's, 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 Nadler's what? jealous. Oh, he's got to be. He's got to be. I mean, he sits there and he's, he's, he, he sits in a chair and his, his belt is up to his belly. I almost have to laugh. <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a caricature. It's unbelievable. But so Trump knew all these people. They could not pull the wool over his eyes. He knew what was going on. So he was very popular in New York. He rebuilt a, a rink. Uh, an ice skating rink in Central Park that had been, you know, decimated for, for decades. They couldn't even build a hockey rink. He came in and he just like renovated the thing in six months and it was over. Kind of like what he did with the uh, the embassy in Jerusalem. You know, you've heard this story where they were oh, searching yeah. for at, like. Look at all the past presidents that tried, said they were going to do it. Okay, you had Clinton that promised it on his campaign trail. You had Bush. You had Obama. None of them did it. Trump comes and None. does it in his first year. <laughs> you know, he's so unpredictable, but nobody has given him credit for anything. Nothing. But he won. So when he won, as a poet, I said to myself, you know what, Ray? 
why don't you take your skill at writing poems? And I said to myself, I am going to chronicle the president, his presidency through poetry for every, each and every year that he's in the White House. So I wrote my first book, and it's called The Trump Chronicle, and it's 47 poems. That chronicle is first year. And then the second year rolled around. I did the same thing. I wrote 60 poems that chronicled his second year. And it's all events-driven, Rory, right? I mean, and there's no shortage for events. So I just, I mean, I looked in my first book, and I looked when I wrote my first poem in the first book, and it was, a, oops, hold on one second. Sorry about that. I was messing no, with the book. But my, my first poem was written on November 9th, 2016. So the next day I wrote my first poem. And if you ever want to have some fun someday, I'll read the poem on the air. It would be, an, you know, just for people to remember the glory and the exhilaration we felt. Was that not the most amazing election night you ever? It was it literally was one of the best days of my life. Uh, it was a, a a message from God. I, I really believe, you know, this, this had something to do with uh, God and Jesus lo- looking out for yeah. us and sending, sending Trump here on a mission. I really think Trump's presidency is biblical. I think it's something straight out of the Bible. So this guy does things that only – I mean, nobody could do. I mean, this guy is beyond a miracle worker. He's almost like a, an angel from heaven. I mean, this guy can – I wouldn't be surprised if he could walk on water. It's like there's nothing he can't do. <laughs> oh, my God. I am getting chills. I feel the hair on my legs on, you know, like standing up, just you saying that. And there's I, so I many call, of us I, call, that I refer to him as the most – I refer to him as the Messiah. I mean, he's definitely a Messiah. What he's doing is Messiah-like. This is what the Messiah does. He comes and saves. I mean, this is saving us. really is. I mean, you take a look at everything he's done, and, and he's got no credit for it. Imagine, like, he's, under, he's been under attack for two and a half years. You had the Mueller investigation, right? Two, almost 22 months. They still can't let it go. They still can't let it go. So he's been under attack since the day he came down that escalator. And in spite of it, look at what he's been able to do. Now, I listened to a little bit of your last um, a guest who was talking about, you know, the percentages and, you know, how important it is for the black community to get behind this president, and he's right. If we double, if we get close to 12 or 15%, it's all over forever. But I worry, yeah. I really do worry about this thing about the Electoral College. This kind of like, too. you know. Be- you know, right after he wins the election, all of a sudden the Democrats go to, oh, we're going to elect, we're going to abolish the Electoral College and go with the popular vote. I mean, these people are such sore losers. I mean, it's, it's even more insidious, you know, from what I understand. I don't know how they're going to get this done. 
but they want to have a contract with each state that they'll they'll give their electoral votes to whoever wins the popular vote. So theoretically, you could be sitting there in Texas with whatever amount of electoral votes. And if the popular vote is blue, guess what? Now Texas is 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 dominated by like three yep. or four states. New York and California. Yeah, basically those two states, California and places like New York, they can uh, can dictate the outcome of the election. It's so unfair. You know, and from what I understand, they have about fourteen or fifteen states lined up. Now I don't think there'll be a problem in twenty twenty, but I can see this going to the Supreme Court for twenty twenty four. I mean, there's so much going on. So this. This is why I write, because of all the events. I want it to be yeah. a historical my, – my, my theme is history through poetry. Yeah. So each book – and now book three, we're in May. I already have 55 poems ready to go. Yeah. So I'll probably write through like September, of, September October. And then I'll cut it off because I have to self-publish. I have people that I want to do some of the forward, some influential people. I'm lining up for book three. But the idea is to have a book for each year and for really to be a history book so that our children and grandchildren can really get to read what actually happened, at least through my point of view, right? and not what they're getting at school. I mean, I had – and then I have a radio show. Um, I'm on the America Out Loud Network, Internet Radio, and I have a daily show that plays um, at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called The Trump Chronicle, same as the name of my books. And it's uh, like you inviting on guests. It's really fun. I'm new at it. I'm still green at it. But by God, it is so much fun. I, and I know you're oh, having yeah. fun doing what you do. I know it because it, it, it is very hard in the beginning, but it's getting a little easier each day. But it's to bring to the surface the truth of what's going on. And in so many areas, whether it's the border, whether it's migration, whether it's Israel, yeah. whether it's electoral college. I mean, you could go on and on and on. So you can see as a poet, it's like I've got a lot of fruit. I just have to, you know, harvest it into something simple. That people can understand, and because I always had a hard time reading, I, I I don't know whether I had a little ADHD or dyslexia. I mean, you put I have books on my nightstand that can sit there gathering dust for years. I know right. it's, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm not a good reader. I can understand things. I can write. You know, you know, like you know the the when the Charlie Daniels went up against the devil, you know, I can write. And, yeah. um, but, but reading has always been a problem. So I have to keep things simple, almost like what a child can understand because it's gotten so complicated, but you know, they used it, to be the 10 commandments, like that would be posted in a, in a, in a classroom. Yeah. I mean, God is oh, yeah. gone from public education and I'm sitting there saying to myself this whole thing about abortion. And I'm saying right. to myself, even today, Rory, yeah. what is the damage to a woman having a baby? 
I mean, it's like more psychological. That health care is being invaded and there's no women's rights. And they haven't done anything, but there's a conception. Contrast exactly. that killing or murdering a, a, an unborn child. I, I see on yeah. one side there's really no damage, and the other side we've had like 61 million damages. It doesn't make any oh, sense yeah. to me. Does it make any sense to you? It, you know, it, it, it really – it's all crazy to me. I mean, everything that's going on right now – and there was just a survey that came out, and this is really mind-blowing. Everybody has to hear this. Only two in, – and listen to this – only two in 15 – again, that's two in 15 Americans are aware of the illegal immigration crisis to the U.S. Only two in 15. That's how misinformed so many – of our so much of our country is, and you and you brought up different points about what the liberals are causing, and we look at the way the generation, you know, like what Obama created. And it's not even just Obama's fault, but a lot of it is Obama's fault. You look at all these animals that are entitled that he created. I mean, you all these, you know, ignorant kids that don't have a goddamn clue. All these people that are, are so you know, just completely uh, stupid and unaware and out of touch. And, and it's just like the demands and the hostility. And you have these kids now, regard, regardless of the fact that the statues have been there for hundreds of years, but all of a sudden now they're so offended. They're so offended. Like, I'm just tired of so many pussies. I mean, it's terrible <laughs> how it's not like old traditional values. Like, we have people that have safe spaces. We have people that grown men and grown women acting like children. I mean, this, we have monsters that have been created from the left and and it's, it's disgusting and it's sad. It's really sad. Like you, you, yeah, you have you're, you're absolutely this, right. These, fake, absolutely these right. fake claims of racism all the time. The left always calling us Nazis. We just have the stupidest thing. They don't, they don't know how to talk about policy, the, the left voters, but the, the, they want to argue and they want to act like they're right. And, and if they're not right, you know, it, all hell breaks loose. It's just, you know, we're, we're, we're the actual logical and open arms, uh, you know, party. They're the ones that are the fascists. They like to call us fascists. They're the real fascists. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I did a... Um a show where I wanted to see the seeds of Nazism yeah. here in America, right? Yeah. And you could go down a list. I called it like the yeah. 10, you know, the right. 10, uh, whatever. And you could take a look at like education or controlling yeah. the media. Think right. about it. Even controlling the media, you have a platform. I'm on a platform. Thank God we don't have the censorship. I mean, you're on yeah. Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I keep I keep a very right. low profile from um, an algorithm standpoint. Yeah. I, yeah. I try not to engage anybody because I don't want to get suspended or, um, you know, permanently suspended for the things I write. So I yeah. can kind of keep it under wraps through poetry. They're not coming after a poet. You know, they start yeah. coming after poets. They're already coming after journalists. 
But the platform itself was supposed to be a free speech platform, whether you're talking about Facebook, Twitter, what have you. It was supposed to be not politically motivated and Silicon Valley, my goodness. I used to have respect for like Bill Gates and Jobs and all these, Allen and, you know, Jobs is gone, Allen died, Gates is who knows what he's doing with his billions, you know, with education and vaccinations. Meanwhile, these platforms... I mean, are really going to – I don't – I hope we can win 2020 just on what yeah. we've got. I mean, we won 16, right? But yeah. what do we have to do to, to keep the White House in 2020? That's our fear. And when you say that only 2 in 15 are even engaged, it's like it's up to the two of us. Yeah. All these I mean, people the big- don't care or apathetic. Yeah, so what are we going to do? Problem in our con- yeah, the biggest problem in our country, the invasion of illegals, and the, so many people are misinformed. It, it's crazy. Uh, Bill, go ahead. I think you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's getting beyond a, a point of, of absurdity even. You know what I mean? It, it just it it boggles the mind when you sit down and, and think about and and it I, I don't see how it doesn't spiral out of control. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It really is one of those things. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yes, well, it's it's clear to me that uh, this 2020 election is going to be a struggle. I mean, I, I honestly think that Trump has it pretty much in the bag. We'll see what happens with all these election manipulation and hopefully he does something very tangible to uh prevent you know illegals from voting or any kind of uh, soros style election manipulation that goes on but what also seems clear to me in a sense is that well yeah even if we do win 2020 well then we have to find another presidential candidate and uh i mean we're just losing ground election after election after election i, I mean uh, trump's done a lot for us but he's really only like conserved and saved saved us time and so Oh, my biggest issue is especially that the uh, well, especially with the the overall Republican community is that we're realizing that the demographics for uh, age demographics. I mean, we have uh, the millennials are are much more liberal than than Gen um, X or the the baby boomer generation, and especially now we have the Generation Z are even more uh, liberal than than the uh, millennials, uh, more far left you know over 50 percent are liking the idea of socialism and it's not necessarily their fault i would say uh so much as to it's who raised them and who um taught them and you know the kind of environment that they've grown up in and how they've been molded so i i would love to say that uh it there is a chance to fix all this through this education and through um trying to get them on our side but at the same time it's like they the left they control the kind of university uh, environment. They control all these mega media corporations. They control the social media. Um, it's it's as rampant as you were mentioning. But uh, I would say that you know we're only losing ground, and uh, I, I couldn't imagine that uh, we'd be able to find someone after Trump that uh, as staunch of a, a conservative without us uh, conceding our our conservative values. Uh, 
because, uh, as I mentioned uh, prior, I would say that the, a number one issue that the Republican Party has been having lately is because uh, the left gets very hysterical about all these issues, especially when it comes to things like uh, abortion or immigration um, or anything that has to do with kind of uh, protecting a national interest. And so we have to essentially dilute these policies of ours in order to kind of uh, bring these people into our party in order to, to vote our leaders in. So I, I find it a very much an issue for us uh, to find the best balance to, you know, how much of a big tent are we going to be to let in all these different uh, opposing, almost almost opposing ideas, to, and yet still have a Republican leadership because uh, – as you notice, when Trump was initially elected, we had Republicans uh, officially. I mean, they controlled every branch of the government, uh, but now we've we've lost the House, and of course, I don't consider us to to control the Senate because we we have very many uh, Republicans in a, name only in there. And uh, mm. if we get a, another Democrat president in, well, they could just in one term control the Supreme Court by stacking the courts. So. Uh, yeah, many yeah. issues that are that are taking place. So I I, I totally feel for you that uh, that you have a essentially a, a media group or that creates content and it's getting uh, censored and uh, getting uh, opposed by by the left. Uh, Sam, Sam, go ahead. Sam, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I said I think that the problem, one of our problems is that we are diluting our, our, our beliefs in order to attract more people. I think if we stand firm on our beliefs, we will attract more people. I think we lost the House because the weak-kneed Republicans didn't vote for the wall. They didn't, they didn't do yep. what they said they were yep. going to do when they took power. They didn't get rid of Obamacare when they said that when they had power. If we stand firm, then people will follow us. But if we're going to keep – you know, wobbling and carrying on, nobody's gonna believe you. You're 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 absolutely you're absolutely right. Absolutely, um, I do I do want to take a quick commercial, and we're gonna come right back. We got a lot to talk about. Stay put, everybody. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. And we are Back the Rory Sodder the Rory Sodder Show coast to coast worldwide listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms and everybody if you miss any past clips past episodes 
or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our website, thenextgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, I will be announcing the many notable, name, many notable names that will be doing their own show on the network, which I'm very excited to share with all of you. All right. Uh, I really want to get into uh, some of the big news that came out today. Um, you know, apparently there, there's, there's, well, there's so many different things. Uh, Comey told staff in 2016 that John Brennan, John Brennan insisted uh, on pushing the P dossier in an Intel assessment. So, I mean, this is, this is more, this is more stuff, more stuff that has came out. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it feels as if lately, like we've been getting more and more details and revelations on a, on a frequent basis with what's going on with this corruption. I mean, this swamp is so dirty. I mean, it, it is so built up from years and years uh, of, of corruption. I mean, it, it, is, it is one of those things where uh, you have all these people that were in charge of the FBI, CIA, and various, you know, uh, institutes in our government that were getting away with some of the craziest and most uh, corrupt things you could ever imagine. And we already know that if somebody's guilty of a few things that we know about, they're probably guilty of a million others. So – you know, here's a couple of things that I think that may, may be a strong reason why Comey might, is in strong legal jeopardy. Uh, here's a couple of reasons why he has to be worried. Uh, Comey conducted high-level investigations out of FBI headquarters for uh, this Russian hoax. Here's another, here's another reason. Comey grabbed authority he did not have to clear Hillary Clinton. Number three, the phony FISA warrant based on the phony the the phony the phony FISA warrant based on the phony Russia Russia dossier. I mean that that's that's another thing right there. I mean you, you set up a, a fake investigation with no legitimate cause or evidence. And I, it's just disgraceful. I mean this is crazy. Number four, the phony documentation in the FISA warrant that corroborated the Steele dossier. That's another thing. The Steele thing was a total hogwash BS. Uh, number five, Comey launched a full counterintelligence, counterintelligence operation against the Trump campaign based on a dossier he knew was phony. Think about that. He did this knowing it was phony, and he's one of the highest up people at the, you know, in law enforcement, in the government. That's insane. Number six, Comey chose to spy on Team, on team Trump rather than warn them. He chose to spy on them rather than warn them. I mean, these are all legality issues. Number seven, Comey leaked FBI materials to the media. That is really bad. I mean, that's huge. Number eight, Comey publicly revealed an FBI counterintelligence operation during congressional testimony. Think about that, guys. And last but not least, number nine, Comey's role in ensuring the phony dossier became the news hook. He was so persistent and, and was acting so confident that this was real. And, you know, just the way he played 
so many people. And now, now we have today, and, and I don't know if this is if this is true. I mean, uh, but there is a report from several media outlets saying that Michael Flynn did provide details in the Mueller's obstruction inquire, inquiry, a new memo shows. So I don't know if that's, I, I mean, it's a lot of media is reporting it. I don't think I saw it on Fox. I saw it on The Hill. I saw it on CNN. I saw it on uh, other outlets. Uh, but I'm wondering what if there's more to the story here, because uh, apparently that's what Mueller is, is saying now. Mueller is also saying someone in Congress might have tried to stop Michael Flynn from cooperating. That's another report. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of fake news put out there, but you know, the fact that certain things are coming out like this, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, it's, it is, it is a crazy time right now with this, uh, with all, with everything that's being revealed. I mean, we're, we're just, it's, it, it seems in a lot of ways, a lot of it comes at once. A lot of it comes flying at us. And there's so many different things going on that it distracts us. And then there's something else in the news before we have time to even, you know, uh, really read into this, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's been a problem lately. There's been so many news stories out in one day that uh, are very important. And it, it really makes you juggle things. It really uh, it can confuse a lot of people. Not everybody can multitask like myself and other people with, uh, you know, all these, all these reports. Um, and, you know, it was great that it was reported that White House uh, denied uh, Jerry Nadler's document request. Um, this was out yesterday. Uh, he was requesting certain documents. Everybody knows about that. And he was, uh, White House denied it. But, yeah, we're not, they're not going to, they're not going to give in to some uh, idiotic uh, liberal. I mean, this guy is out of his mind. He really is. I uh, I want to go. I'll go to uh, Ray. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on all this, Ray? Is a panic. Ray, go ahead. I, go ahead uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I, I think you. what we're looking at is a panic. Because as soon as Barr came on the scene and stated that he was going to be looking at not just the FBI, but also other agencies, plural, Yeah, that they realized that they have to start all of these. It's like, it's like a, an anthill. Barr yeah. came in and disturbed the anthill, and we all know what an anthill looks like when you disturb it. And yeah. that's what I think we're seeing. I mean, I mean, I mean, Comey's taking shots at Brennan, and Brennan's taking shots at Comey. They're basically going to eat the, each eat each other up. So I yeah. see clarity coming soon. I wouldn't take the Mike Flynn thing. I go by the. I listen to Dan Bongino quite a bit on his podcast, and he's got an interesting rule. He He's says you should always wait 24 to 48 hours before you're influenced by the, by the mainstream media. So I'm just going to take a back seat. I'm a big supporter of Mike Flynn. In fact, I like him too. I have a, I have a booth. Um, I'll be on the National Mall for July 4th with um, about a dozen people who are going to be supporting uh, Mike Flynn, and we're also going to be selling – our books, uh, the Trump Chronicle, uh, 
and will be donating to his defense fund. But, you know, I think we just have to wait a little bit. But if the, if the, if the leak or the problem was coming from somebody in Congress, I feel a little better that it's not coming from the White House, that somebody in the White House, because they would have known, Mueller would have known if there was collusion in the White House to, to stifle the investigation. So I think, you know, we just have to take a little wait and see, but I think they're panicking all over the place, and that's why we're seeing these distractions. But it's all about Barr right now, and Huber, and um, this guy Durham. They say he's a bull, so I call him Bull Durham. And uh, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But that that's my read on it. I think it's it's the lid is going to blow off, and everybody's panicking right now. That's oh yeah, it, it it is it is one of those things. Uh, AJ AJ from Houston who's been on Sean Hannity's show many times. Uh, AJ, what are your thoughts on this, brother? You probably have a lot of thoughts. Big time, Roy. What's going on, baby? Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day, man. I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. And Thank hey, you, man. What we, what we call this, it used to be like the temptation ball of confusion, but we, what we got here is a ball of corruption. And when I, like I told Sean, I say, you know, we tired of talking, man. We tired of talking. We, the people, are tired of listening to the Republicans and everybody. Oh well, this and this and that. that. Hey, we want to see some people charged, and we we just sitting around in months and months and months, and we already got the Democrats by the neck. I mean, what is where's the Republicans at when it comes down to all of this? We know what Obama exactly is. And, and and the media, the media, if it went for you guys, Sean, Rush, Joe Paggs, Lynn Willie, all of us, Mark Levin, if it went for y'all, we wouldn't know what we know now. The media is blacking out everything that goes on. We look at it. The, um, you know I ramble. So look at the legal set. They, they, the border patrol can't do nothing but watch them. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. The Border Patrol, they're just watching the illegals come in here. The Democrats, like Trump said, 15, 20 minutes we can stop this. They're not following the law. Wait a minute, guys. Did they take a hold to uphold the law of the United States when they got in office? Look like to me, they just letting the law go away. They not following. We don't need no new laws. We need to follow the law that's on the books. They're kicking Trump every which way. What do you think if they did Obama like this? Real quick, I got to tell I told my uncle today, oh, he's trying to get me to match up Obama to Trump. And I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, you know what? Oh, we got Osama bin Laden. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. Uh, you remember waterboarding? You remember that waterboarding thing that they did on George Bush? I said Bush had already put the stuff in motion. Obama wasn't even around. The only reason we got Bin Laden is because we waterboarded them guys. Obama, like, he's trying to take Trump credit for the economy. Obama stood around and took credit to get Bin Laden. Obama, they had to go find him when they found the man. It was already in motion. They didn't tell Obama because he probably would have told the rats. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> what we watching is unbelievable. I'm sorry, man. I just, I'm tired, man. I'm tired of the joke. I'm tired. And it's ridiculous what 
the American people got to go through, and you let these idiots up there, and the Republicans need to grow two pair, and they ain't doing only a few of them. And then they want to bash a man. Trump, man, this is the first president we had that actually did what he said he's going to do. And then they want to bash him. And then it's like to me that these people want to see this country fail. I mean, what's wrong with these people up there? And then I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm like, dude, what, what is the problem with the liberals? That every time you turn around, everybody's a racist. I'm a black man. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired. Obama comes in with the race game. I'm a I'm just sick that he was the first black so-called president because he made us look bad with all the lies we know. All the idiots, they, I mean, dude, Martin Luther King was a bad, he was a great man. And here Obama walks in and just spit on him. And what, I mean, a man could have did the right thing by the people of the country. He divided it and they blaming Donald Trump for it. This is a joke and the media is behind it. What's wrong with these idiots in the media? They said, where's Lois Lane when you need her? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, very, very well said. Um, Sam, Sam, go ahead. Well, I tell you, you know, I think the problem is with the liberals and with a lot of these no-Trumpers, when Trump came into office, he went straight conservative. And he, like, like the man said, he did everything he said he was going to do. And he didn't equivocate. He wasn't like uh, W, vacillating a little bit. I mean, he just went straight ahead. And these people can't handle it. And the fact of it, since he doesn't, he doesn't, owe, he doesn't owe anybody anything, they don't own him. And I think that he's always wanted to win. And they know he want to win. And he knows that even all the stuff they're doing to him, it doesn't matter to him because he likes a good fight, and he's not going to quit. And as long as and if the party and the people line up behind him and his leadership and just say, you know what, Trump did what everybody thought he couldn't do because he held his ground. Maybe if we hold our grounds, we can get it done too. And that's what I've been saying all night long. We have to quit vacillating and just stand firm. If the if the Republican Party stood firm and got that wall up and do everything that we say we're going to do, people will follow. Even the folks, even many of the people that say they won't, they will because they pay attention. You know, it's just like when Obama yeah. was going around the world apologizing and everything. Those folks paid attention. They said, oh, you know, he's weak. But once they start saying there's a leader that won't do that and he's not going to equivocate, then people pay attention. And that's, and that's what we need to do. We need to follow the leader that we have, and the folks that are in power either need to stand up or get the heck out. Very well said, Sam, absolutely. Uh, Bill in Texas. Bill, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think he's exactly right. You either stand up or, or you get knocked down, and you're not going to get back up. And, you know, and, and if – the the thing with Trump is is that he's not accountable to anybody, and they don't know how to deal with that. It doesn't matter what you know. It can go from Bush to Obama to Clinton. They have that that democratic mechanism behind them that is really the master, because it, them presidents you know for that are at the head of one of those type of of things is really just a a, a parrot 
to what the agendas are. And and they're the ones that really dictate, oh, he's going to put his spin on it. I mean, it's Obama. Like, you know, the, they did that with, with health care. They wanted, you know, some type of universal force everybody into health care, paying for everybody type situation for a long time. So they got Obama, but it's the same thing. It's the same agenda. So with Trump, he and, and he doesn't care if you're Republican or Democrat. If he doesn't like what you have to say, he doesn't like what you have to say. And there's nothing you can say that's going to influence him or change his mind except for facts. And I don't think they know how to deal with that because they're so used to going with the agenda and having their power that's behind the scenes and saying, well, this is what we're going to do with the party. And this, so they, you know, Democrats and Republicans alike, they, they've had that, you know, to where the, the people that you never know about are really the ones that are in power. And these are point men that are, you know, taking the glory for it. And then you just, you know, it's so, with Trump, he, there is no mechanism like that, that that forces him to do anything except his own conscience. And his main agenda is the well-being of the American people. And I don't see how people can't understand that that everything that he's done, regardless of what it is, is really it, the, the first is foundational thing for doing that is the well-being and prosperity of the American people. I mean, look at Trump. Trump was a billionaire living in New York living a high life, you know, a movie, or not a movie star, but a TV star, all that. And and he he not only comes to do this and, and suffers his abuse, but the man's going to run again. He, he, he's like, go ahead, you know, doesn't bother me. You know, the guy looks just yeah, the same yeah. age as he did, you know, when he, he got elected, he looks the exact same age. And usually then presidents start aging pretty quick. Yeah, look at look how badly Obama aged. I mean, in Obama's second term, he looked like an old man. When he went in there, he looked young. Obama didn't age well in there. Um, what what was no, I going to say enough. though? Oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you, um, what what are your thoughts about this these Comey uh, new revelations today and John Brennan? I mean, what, what do you think about all this? You talking to me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh, I think that I think that we're we're seeing the dam is breaking now. People are going to go fixing to go to jail. I mean, these, all these little things are coming out and now. There's a little more information about the, the Democrats working more in detail with the with the Ukraine, and I I think that and I think you know the, the report Catherine Harridge had a report that that said that this in, in Inspector General uh, Horowitz, I guess, or or I can't remember his name, but is going to be damning, and and this is just the tip of the iceberg because that's just that report from the IG is like an outline to hand to Barr, and, and then Barr is going to give it to to Durham and say, here's your outline, go deal with it. And I I think you're going to I I would be shocked if less than 20 percent of the the bureaucrats in the last last five years 20 percent I know this is a bold statement but 20 percent of the bureaucrats uh, that were in the State Department and the, in the FBI and in, in justice and things like that aren't either brought up on charges or are threatened with indictment in order to get testimony. Twenty percent. Yeah, I mean it's 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 bad. It's really bad right now. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Oh yeah. So ever since that had done him on the scene, uh, scene it's been incredibly. Uh, 
reassuring, and uh, Trump's been able to accomplish so much more. I mean, I mean, especially past these last three, uh, two years with his presidency, uh, this whole Russia collusion, everything that uh, the left has been falsely trying to scandalize uh, Trump for doing. Uh, what he's noted, what I've noticed from all of this is that, uh, especially as of, of, as of lately, he's been able to accomplish so much. I mean, if you've noticed, we, he's taken so much affirmative action on uh, trying to tackle this trade war. He's made uh, great measures there. He's uh, he's blacklisted this group, uh, this corporation in China called Huawei. They're the uh, the five G manufacturers that were caught doing uh, backdoors and spying on on American people. Uh, that was incredibly important to to blacklist them and those seventy other countries. Um, there's been so much um, action that he's taken, especially lately, that uh, it, we've really noticed that uh, now he's really, especially, uh, making meaningful impact. Now that he's not so much in, in the crosshairs, now we're on the attack and we're actually able to uh, put some of of our policies uh, on on the floor. So I, I think that everything's going. Uh, very wonderfully. I'm very excited for this uh, 2020 election. Yeah, me too. We do. We definitely have a lot to look forward to. Um, Ray, I'll, I'll go. I want to go back to you. Um, please tell everybody, Ray, uh, where they can find your book and where they can find your show and connect with you. Thank you, Rory. Um, I would uh, say you can go to rayraypoetryworld.com. Yeah. as the central place to see everything. You can purchase books. You can see my podcasts. You can see my writing, poetry. It's all in one place. So it's rayraypoetryworld.com, and uh, there, are, there are links. If you'd like a signature on a book, uh, I'll take care of it, or you can go to Amazon. Um, in terms of my radio show, I'm on the America Out Loud platform, so you can go to AmericaOutloud.com. You can listen to my daily show weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the name of the show is The Trump Chronicle, like my books. And I just want to thank you. Very nice. And before you go, uh, i got a quick question for you. As a New Yorker, you know, somebody that was born and raised there like yourself, what do you think of de Blasio running for president that was announced today? You know – uh, obviously, I, I think he's a he's a joke. Um, <laughs> if this is the same state that's you know created all kinds of problems where people are leaving the state, patriots are leaving the state because of the politics and the taxes, and the abomination of the infanticide bill. I mean, how can he run for president? With that kind of platform in, 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 around the country. I mean, Trump proved that that platform's not going to work. And de Blasio, I think he's, he's going to fail and he's going to fail quick. Yeah. And I'm very I, I disappointed think... in my home, my native home state. It's just not the same place anymore. I could never go back. Yeah. I, I can relate. I can relate because I'm I'm from Seattle, and I was born and raised there. And uh, it's completely a liberal cess. It's completely a liberal cesspool. Needles on the ground everywhere. Feces, homeless tents everywhere. It's just as bad as San Francisco. It's terrible. And uh, I tell you, it, it, it's it's a bad feeling uh, 
having that when, uh, you know, having that situation when the place you grew up in and it's just turned into complete crap, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it really is very, very depressing, disappointing, and uh, embarrassing. You know, I used to be proud. You know, it's a, yeah. it was the greatest city in the world. I mean, it's where every immigrant came in through Ellis Island. You know, we're, yeah. not, we, we don't, we're not against immigration, the, the, the Republicans right. or the conservatives. We're, we're not. We're against right. illegal immigration, but we're not yeah. against immigration. Our parents immigrated, our grandparents. We know that. Absolutely. But they throw that in our face, and that really upsets me. Terrible. Yeah, it upsets me too, sir. But thank you for coming on, and we want to have you back again soon. It'll be my pleasure. Thanks so much, Rory, and thank you, other guests. Absolutely. Have a great night, sir. Um, let's go to Sam. Tell everybody where they can connect with you at. Rory, yeah, they can uh, either visit my website, inhimfirst.com, or YouTube or Facebook under Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y. You can reach me there. Perfect. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at America First. Perfect. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, you can reach me on Facebook at Nationalist United or find me at nationalistunited.com. Thanks, Rory. Perfect. AJ from Texas, tell everybody where they can find you, connect with you. I'm on Twitter, big time AJ, at AJ from Houston. And I tell you guys, don't be complacent. Watch out for the media. They're telling you one thing, and they we're doing something else. Make sure, because these guys going to get, they don't, don't do nothing until we see the first one charged with the crimes that call treason of what Barack Obama done to our country and the world. Y'all just be careful. Have a great one, guys. AJ, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We'll get you back on Monday. We'll we'll see you then. Thank you. Y'all have a great weekend. You too, man. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all my sponsors, my guests, my co-hosts and audience. You are all incredible. Uh, Don't forget, we're listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past episodes, past clips, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit our media site, thenextgenusa.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, We will be having many notable people that will be doing their own shows on the network. Um, we got so many great shows for you planned next week. I can't wait to be with all of you. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. God bless all of you. I'm Rory Sodder. Cheers, everybody.